in that day. Shall this song be sung in the land of Judah? We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. For he bringeth down them that dwell on high. The lofty city, he layeth it low. He layeth it low even to the ground. He bringeth it even to the dust. The foot shall tread it down, even the feet of the poor and the steps of the needy. The way of the just is uprightness. Thou, most upright, dost weigh the path of the just. Yea, in the way of thy judgments, O Lord, have we waited for thee. The desire of our soul is to thy name and to the remembrance of thee. With my soul have I desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early for when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Let favor be shown to the wicked, yet will he not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness will he deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. Lord, when thy hand is lifted up, they will not see but they shall see and be ashamed for their envy at the people. Yea, the fire of thine enemies shall devour them. Lord, thou wilt ordain peace for us. For thou hast also wrought all our works in us. O Lord, our God, other lords besides thee have had dominion over us. But by thee only will we make mention of thy name. They are dead. They shall not live. They are deceased. They shall not rise. Therefore hast thou visited and destroyed them and made all their memory to perish. Thou hast increased the nation, O Lord. Thou hast increased the nation. Thou art glorified. Thou hast removed it far unto the ends of the earth. Lord, in trouble have they visited thee. They poured out a prayer when thy chastening was upon them. Like as a woman with child that draweth near to the time of her delivery is in pain and crieth out in her pangs, so have we been in thy sight, O Lord. We have been with child. We have been in pain. We have, as it were, brought forth wind we have not wrought any deliverance in the earth, neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen. Thy dead men shall live together with my dead body, shall they arise. Awake and sing, ye that dwell in the dust, for thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. Come, my people. 
Enter thou into my chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. Our text, our verses 1 and 2. In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates, that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. May God bless the reading and the preaching again of his precious word. Notice, beloved, even as it's written in your notes, our text begins with the word in that day. In that day. What is that day? It is the day of judgment. That is the day that the Spirit has in mind when you consult the context of our verses. As we saw last week, chapter 24, the terrible judgments that would come upon the earth, and now after the words of our text again, those words that follow our text, the prophet speaks of divine judgments. It all points forward, beloved, to the final day of judgment, which this prophet is talking about in our text. But inclusive of that final day of judgment, when Christ comes again, there are also the judgments of God as they take place in history. Assyria, Edom, Moab. And no doubt the prophet has in mind as he sees ahead the fall of Babylon as a world kingdom. Fallen in the dust. And the judgments that continue today, war and rumors of war, we see cities in Ukraine or in the Gaza Strip crumbling and brought down to the dust. And as there are the judgments of God in nature, whether it be flood or famine, whether it be hurricane or tornado or earthquake, the kingdoms and the cities of the world are brought to naught. These all are types. All the kingdoms and all the cities of the world as they crumble in the dust under the judgment of God. It is judgment because of iniquity in the earth, says the prophet. It is a judgment against the wicked world that saves, serves also as the church's deliverance. Because this wicked world is not our home. We are pilgrims and strangers marching through. 
marching unto Zion, that beautiful city of God. In that day, when we see these judgments upon this world with cities crumbling, shall this song be sung. We have a strong city. So my theme is Mount Zion, a strong city. What is this city? Notice, second of all, it is a strong city. And notice, thirdly, from our text, the citizens that may enter it. What is this city? Indeed, it's a song that the prophet Isaiah teaches the people of God to sing in his day. Even as they see the nations around them crumbling in the dust, and even because of their sin, they are going to go into captivity in Babylon, they must sing this song. Sing that song in all the midst of the tribulations of this world, as the kingdoms of this world come tumbling down, falling as ruins around them. And we sing that song also today as we see the wars and the rumors of wars. Kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall. God's indignation against this wicked world. They fall. Those cities and kingdoms fall. Like the Tower of Babel that went uninhabited and unbuilt. Boys and girls, they tumbled down like the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. What we need to notice about the city that we celebrate and its contrast to the other cities of this world. That contrast comes very clearly in chapters 24 and 25. In Isaiah 24, we read in verse 10 and following about the city of confusion that is broken up. Every house is shut up that no man may come in. There's a crying for wine in the streets. All joy is darkened. The mirth of the land is gone. In the city is left desolation, and the gate is smitten with destruction. The next chapter, Isaiah 25. Verse 2, for thou hast made of a city an heap, of a defensed city a ruin, a palace of strangers to be no city, it shall never be built. And again in Proverbs 25, verse 12, and the fortress of the high fort of thy walls shall he bring down, lay low, and bring to the ground even to the dust. In all those verses we read about a city, it remains unnamed because it re represents all of God's judgments against the wicked, cities that are doomed to destruction. And now in contrast to those cities and those nations, in contrast to mighty Babylon with its hanging gardens, 
when the Persians during Belshazzar's reign and he was having his drunken feast using the golden vessels of God's temple the Persians came sneaking in to destroy and on the walls of that city Babylon there are those words mene mene tekel uparsin Mene, God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Tekel, thou art weighed in the balances and are found wanting. Paris, thy kingdom is slain and Darius the Mede comes in. Cities broken down whether it be Moab, Edom, Assyria to the north, or Babylon to the west. And God breaks down those cities for Israel's deliverance, doesn't he? Because when the Medes and the Persians come and destroy Babylon, it is Cyrus who becomes unwittingly God's obedient servant to release God's people to go back again to the earthly Jerusalem, to build up its walls, and to build the temple in it. What a contrast. Those wicked cities, they are doomed. God returns. He promises to return his repentant people, the remnant, to Jerusalem. Beloved, that is the earthly type. Israel delivered through judgment. 49,000 plus returned unto Canaan. And with them comes all the golden vessels of the temple under Zerubbabel. There is that long rebuilding of the walls. You can still think of a sea in your mind from the Bible stories, how the men of Judah would be building those walls with one sword in one hand and the trowel in the other hand. They needed to build those walls because here they're still surrounded with enemies that would seek their downfall. Slowly, oh, ever so slowly, the foundation of the temple is built and finally the walls of the temple and yes, it's an earthly type. When that temple is built, a song is sung. There's weeping with tears, tears of joy, but also weeping with tears of sadness because the Jerusalem that is built and the temple that is built is nothing like the city of David and Solomon with that beautiful temple. Then there was prosperity. But now, while there is a temple, there's no Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies. Because eventually, that earthly city and the earthly temple have to pass away. That's not the final thing that we look for. That is true with all types in the Bible. There's a failure in them. They are weak. They're only picked 
pictures of something much better that we have to look forward to. And as they sang their songs, that they are back in the land of Canaan, the land of milk and honey, that stands as a type, a song of consolation that God's people still sing here today. The victory of the Old Testament church looking forward to the victory of the whole church of Jesus Christ. We read that that song was sung in the land of Judah. That song was sung there in the land of Judah before they were going to go into captivity because of their sin. Isaiah is teaching them, sing this song. Sing this song when you are pilgrims and you are wanderers going to that faraway city as captives. Because your God is with you. While your land will be made desolate, while earthly hopes will be in despair, look for something far better than merely returning from Babylon and rebuilding an earthly city. You see, Jerusalem is a type. As she stood, as she was destroyed, as she is rebuilt again, she is a type. It's a song of consolation to those going into captivity, those who are pilgrims and strangers in this world. It's a song of victory for the church in the new dispensation, the church that you and I are members of, the church as she will endure to the end of time. As the children of Israel could sing on the banks of the Red Sea, and they did sing there on the banks of the Red Sea, those words, the horse and the rider are fallen in a deep sleep. Jehovah host is our deliverer. And as the inhabitants of Judah Viewing the destruction of Moab and the Assyrian, they could say, Fallen are the enemies of God's people. We have a strong city, a mighty fortress is Jerusalem. So also we, you and I, God's people today, need to learn to sing that song in our pilgrimage. We have a strong city. What is that city? Well, let's go to the book of Revelation that talks about that city. Let's go first of all to Revelation chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man may take thy crown. Hold fast. Verse 18 of that chapter. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. Yes, going to Zion. Revelation. Chapter 21, we read in verse 2, 
And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them. Now contrast that a minute, the type and the antitype. Jerusalem, even when she was repaired by God's people when they came back from captivity, the temple stood empty, really. That is, the Holy of Holies did not have the Ark of the Covenant, which was a picture of God's presence with his people. How different it is with the new city, the new Jerusalem. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away all the tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are faithful and true. What a beautiful, beautiful gate. Streets of gold, pearls for the gates. The wall of that city had 12 foundations, and in them the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. And the city is a square. It lieth four square, the length of it is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with a reed, 12,000 furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. And he measured the wall thereof, 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of the angel. And the building of the wall of it was as jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. ideal city filled with a righteous nation the whole church of Jesus Christ the church whose head is Christ Jesus that song perhaps you know that hymn Jerusalem the golden with milk and honey blessed beneath your contemplation sink heart and voice oppressed I know not, oh, I know not, what joys await us there, what radiancy of glory, what bliss beyond compare. We're looking, Father, beloved, at the new heavens and the new earth where God dwells in blessed fellowship with his saints. Oh, sweet and blessed country, the home of God's elect. Oh, sweet and blessed country, that eager hearts expect. Jesus, in mercy, bring us to that dear land of rest who art with God the Father and the Spirit ever blessed. The city contrasted with all the cities of this world, they crumble and fall into the dust. But being built by God, prepared by God, is the new Jerusalem. And you and I are pilgrims and strangers traveling 
to that city. Notice then in the second place, it is a strong city. Notice its walls and bulwarks. They are spiritual walls and bulwarks. Salvation characterizes that strong city and it also constitutes its defense. Psalm 110 verse 1, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. You see, the, sit, the strength of that city is its very nature of victory and salvation. Salvation placed there by God. Over against the falsely praised fortifications and walls of Moab or of Babylon, of them we read in Isaiah 25 verse 12, in the city is left desolation. The gate is smitten with destruction. But the Lord is the strength of his city. Isaiah 25 verse 4. For thou hast been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shadow from the heat, when the blast of the terrible ones is as a storm against the wall. Sing this song, we have a strong city, because it is indestructible. All the other cities of the world, the cities of man, will fall. The very nature of those cities are corrupt. They are like the Tower of Babel. They are like the city of Jericho. As strong and as powerful as the builders of those earthly cities intend them to be strong and powerful, although they are founded with a firm intention that they would stand forever, time and change blow over them until they melt into the earth. When all the other cities shall fall, only one, only one city will be left. We have a strong city. That city is New Jerusalem. Walled and girded up with salvation. And because it's God's salvation, he's the God of our salvation, therefore that city will be impregnable. For God is and he was always her sure defense. God. That is the expression of the faith of the church. A confident confession of the Christian. Don't we say every Sunday evening as we recite the Apostles' Creed, I believe in a holy Catholic church, the communion of saints. impregnable. Boys and girls, do you remember the lad that was with the prophet Elisha? The king of Syria came to capture Elisha because he was always telling the king of Israel where the enemy would be. 
And so the little town of Dotham is surrounded with those enemies, the armies. But Elisha prayed to the Lord that the Lord would open up the eyes of the lad, and he saw. He saw the Lord's host all around. And then the man of God said, Fear not, for they that are for us are more than they that are with them. That's the confidence that we also have by faith. The church, Christ, the Christ of God is with us. We lay hold of the promises of God that the church will not fail, but she will continue to be preserved to the end of time. As dark as this world becomes, especially with the Antichrist coming in the last days, firm faith. Our view is not on the earthly things here, but is the ideal city, New Jerusalem, to which we are traveling. A strong city because her defenses are sure. An earthly city is only as strong, first of all, as her defenses are. That is her external fortifications, walls and bulwarks where the soldiers can stand to beat off the enemy. It guards against the enemies from without. But just as important is that wall that is around the city, so is the inner will of the citizens of that city as they stand in sea. Do you remember that time when King Hezekiah was reigning and Assyria came against them? And the wicked leader of that nation, of that army, not only came with all of his soldiers outside the walls of Jerusalem, but also with vicious words. And there are the counselors of King Hezekiah who says, talk in another language so the people don't understand you. Well, that's not what they wanted. Though they came there and they said, you're going to fail. For Hezekiah has broken down your gods, hasn't he? And we have defeated all the other countries with their gods. Give up. Give up and we're going to offer you a good life in our country. And there were those, of course, of the citizens that feared and would like to give in to the king of Assyria. And King Hezekiah has to tell the citizens, don't give in to your fear. Don't lose heart. Our defense is Jehovah, our God. And you remember what did happen at that time. 185,000 of the Assyrians were slain by God in the night. And the king flees back to Assyria. 
A city cannot long endure, no matter how strong the walls are that surround it, if there is not that internal stamina, mental and spiritual fortitude of the citizens. Do you have that? As you see iniquity prevailing in the world and growing darker, those bent on silencing the church and her pulpit, Do you have that fortified, fortitude that if God is for us, who can be against us? Is the church going to perish, completely lose her identity? No, because salvation will God appoint for her walls and her bulwarks. That is the defense of the new city the city to which we belong. God saves his people and not one will be plucked out of God's hands. Our God is the God of our salvation and we sing with Martin Luther, a mighty fortress is our God, a helper ever near us. We will not fear though the earth be moved. For God is nigh us to cheer us. Then think of some of the desolations in that song. As the mountains quake, as the earth foundations shake, though angry billows roar and break against the shore, our mighty God will hear us. And our trials and difficulties as pilgrims and strangers to this world, we don't rest upon ourselves or our strength, but our trust, our strength is in the God of our salvation. Our city, our strong city, is God's city. He is the one that works that salvation for us. How has God worked that salvation? You know, even the boys and girls can tell us tonight, can't they? Through his son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came into this world, into our flesh. And by his suffering and his death, he broke down all the power of darkness. He destroyed all the power of the devil. He paid the penalty for our sin and guilt. He brought the atonement for our sins. And he merited the righteousness for us so that we can come to God. He has prepared a city for us. But notice that salvation that we're talking about is not only a salvation for us, but it is also a salvation in us. He makes not only salvation possible, but he works that salvation in our hearts and in our lives. He applies to us that salvation. Ours is an everlasting salvation. He regenerates us by his spirit. He plants in our hearts immortality, new life. The resurrection life is given to us now already. He gives us a true and a living faith. And 
through faith we appropriate all the blessings of his salvation. Justification, sanctification, preserved in the faith, a lively hope. And at long last, he presents us without spot or wrinkle in the assembly of the elect in life eternal. We are assured of that. God's salvation for us, God's salvation within us. As Martin Luther writes that song from Psalm 46, God's city is forever blessed with living waters welling. If you remember, take it back to the earthly type. Even while the enemy surrounded the city, when Hezekiah was king, Hezekiah had brought water from Gihon into the city itself and hid the place out there. So God's people had living water to drink day to day as the army sat out there perishing, thirsting with nothing to feed them. God's city is forever blessed with living waters welling since God is there, she stands unmoved mid tumults round her swelling. God speaks, and all is peace. From whom, from war, the nations cease. The Lord of hosts is nigh. Our Father's God most high is our eternal dwelling. Notice with me, thirdly, from our, our, from our pericope, the blessed citizens that enter. The picture that is driven by the prophet here is looking way, way ahead. Just as the Garden of Eden was already prepared by God for then Adam and Eve created to live there. So also this city that is strong, that we boast about, is a city that is being prepared for us by Jesus Christ. And we are pilgrims and strangers here on earth yet traveling to that city. The Lord is building that city. Jesus said, didn't he? I go to my Father. There, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And we'll look at that passage, the Lord willing, next Sunday night. But the Lord, having prepared those rooms, now he brings to the city those who should dwell there. Who are those blessed citizens? Are you? Am I? Our song is addressed to those who have charge of the gates of the city. And those gates are opened, aren't they, to those who are going to inhabit that city. The righteous, they have a right to that city. But those same gates are closed, aren't they, to the wicked and to the reprobate people. 
pilgrims have a long ways to go to that city to enter it. And finally arriving there, they cry out, as they have the right to, open the gates and we shall enter in. What right? What right does any fallen creature have to enter the new Jerusalem? Notice our passage talks about the righteous nation. A righteous nation that has the right to enter into that city. Because she lives in a right relationship to justice and the law. Now, who is that? Have you kept the law perfectly? Are your hands clean? Are mine? Not in ourselves. Those who are truly righteous, they come from all over the earth. They are righteous because they have received that righteousness from God as a gift in his grace. They are righteous not by their own good works, for their own good works themselves are still filthy, corrupted with sin. It's not our works. We are righteous only by the blood and the spirit of Jesus Christ. The righteousness of that nation that is going to inhabit that new city is an imputed righteousness. A righteousness that was earned for us by Jesus Christ, given to us so that we stand before God now already as those who have never sinned. None that defileth will enter that city. Only those whose sins have been blotted out and are given the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Who will enter there the righteous nation that keepeth truth? Now, those words are sometimes misunderstood. Oh, if we have the right creed, if we're exactly all the right doctrines, that is not the idea of our passage. But those who are righteous, not only by the imputed righteousness of God, but also as those who walk in their righteousness. That is, they walk in the truth. Many will say in the last day, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this? Didn't I do that? And the Lord says, I never knew you. I never knew you. Not our works. But the righteousness that is imputed to us, given to us freely, the righteousness of Christ, his perfect life. And that righteousness now, now worked in our heart because the fruit of justification is sanctification, isn't it? So it's not only those who say, Lord, Lord, but those who live as God's children, as citizens already of his kingdom. We guard the truth. God's truth with a sanctified walk who applies that righteousness in all the steps that he takes in all the words that he speaks as we heard this morning 
and in every relationship in which we stand. Job was a righteous man. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord because he was a righteous man. So it is not only a legal righteousness, that's justification, but it is also a worked righteousness. God working by his spirit in us, sanctifying us. They will enter into the gates, the gates will be opened unto them. What a thing to look forward to as weary pilgrims, strangers here in this world, fighting sin within and from without. We die, and the Lord Jesus, as he was standing to take Stephen home when he was stoned, the Lord Jesus takes the righteous nation into his city. One by one in their death until he comes again and then the whole righteous nation will flow with Christ into the new heavens and the new earth. And what makes that place so wonderful is that none will dwell there that loves or makes the lie. All wicked and deceitful practices will disappear because the wicked, the enemy of Christ and of his church will be dashed down to hell, kept there forever. The righteous live and act with each other now with sincerity and truth. We love one another. We pray for one another. We're marching together unto Zion, the city of our God. And so in this chapter, Isaiah is teaching the people, even as they're going to go into captivity in Babylon, sing this song, O church. Sing this song now as already we're still pilgrims here on earth in the midst of enemies and sin. Sing. We have a strong city, safety, while all the other worlds, uh, cities of the world crumble and fall into the dust. In hope of that city that comes down from above, we walk by faith. We lay hold of that righteousness that is given to us, and we live that righteousness in our daily lives. Walk in that day into that city. What a day that will be. Wars and rumors of wars. Look around you. Gaza. Look at Ukraine. Destroyed. Leveled about. All the kingdoms of this world. And when we see these things in nature, earthquake, famine, flood, hurricanes, tornadoes, here Christ steps because those are signs of his coming. Coming as the judge of the living and the dead. 
coming to take the wicked away forever. And as we read with the theme of Isaiah, Israel will be redeemed through judgment. You see, we look forward to the final judgment. The wicked are ripped away, and we will be in that city with golden streets. A strong city where salvation is its walls and its bulwarks. Are you looking forward to it? The new Jerusalem. You see, it's that hope. It's that hope that enables us, that gives us the strength to walk each day, to fight sin over and over and over from within and from without, and to live as citizens of that kingdom, that city that's coming. Amen. Father in heaven, what a beautiful picture given to weary pilgrims and strangers in this world. Ours is not a hopeless faith, but it's a faith full of a glorious hope. Christ is coming again. Christ is preparing mansions. And we, by grace, are citizens of that city that is above, coming in all of its glory. Come, Lord Jesus. Come quickly, keep us faithful, preserve us, we pray. Amen.